all of our listeners, I am Arnon Amir, and I would like to introduce Angelica Amir, who is excited to share with us some of her new findings about ancient philosophy that are central to our understanding of politics and ethics, especially today in modern times. Hello, Angelica. Let's start by saying that I was surprised to read your paper, uh, The Analogies Found Between Plato and Aristotle, Writings on Ethics and Idealistic Government, to the totalitarian government of the medieval and modern era. Angelica, can you please give us, <coughs> the audience, an introduction to the history and ideas that were already prevalent in ancient Athens about 2,300 years ago? Sure. I would like first to thank you for talking with me today about ancient philosophy that is so fundamental to our society and its values, and we associate with good government and good life. As you know, ancient philosophy is about good life and good government, subjects that are relevant to in everyone's mind, especially nowadays when people are fighting a pandemic. Back then in ancient Greece, specifically in Athens, the role of philosopher was to engage on a quest of understanding how people, by, fo by following good values and being just, affect their own and their society's lives. Let me start to say something about the circumstances that brought Plato and Aristotle to dwell into the philosophy of politics. They were living in Athens, which used to be a very prosperous city, which practiced democracy and put emphasis on police as political gathering of its citizens to discuss the legislations. Athens failed to flourish after it lost the war against Sparta, a city which was not democratic but rather oligarchic and controlled by military. I assume our listening may already known that uh, democracy is a Greek word for power of people, and politics comes from polis, that means city or gathering of citizens. In Greek language, there are two distinct words for happiness. One is for good life, and uh, the name is eudaimonia, and the other is for happiness as a state of mind, eftichia. Given this problematic era of the city of Athens, characterized by disintegration of the democracy, injustice, and war for power and money, Plato and Aristotle envisioned a good life for an individual and an ideal government opposite to the one they were subjugated to. Athens ended up being controlled by rich citizens who adhered to sophism, a philosophy that used rhetoric to chase power and money and empowered the rich to choose to follow Sparta's rule, not necessarily in the advantage of the, their citizens. Plato and his disciple Aristotle were totally disappointed by the state leadership who had prosecuted and executed their master philosophy Socrates for speaking the truth and questioning the righteousness of Athens' government. Today, it may be technology that has changed our lives in easing access to material and knowledge, but still the question of how we find happiness depends on our values and on our government values, which are essential to our flourishing. Absolutely. I totally agree that the individual's happiness is strongly tied to its community, its nation and its government. We are also living in a problematic period with demands for a change from globalization to nationalism, while at the same time the socioeconomic gap 
is increasing, giving leeway to centralized power and concentration of capital. Angelica, did Plato, in his famous writing, The Republic, find a solution to the suffering of Athens' citizens? In theory, yes, but in practice, he didn't. Conversely, Plato didn't hesitate to extensively express ambiguities on whether the ideal leadership exists. In the famous dialogue between Socrates and a, a humble philosopher, and Thrasymachus, a sophist chasing money and fame, Socrates fails in his attempt to convince Thrasymachus that all ideal values implemented in a monarchy led by a philosopher king would serve its people to reach eudaimonia. Thrasymachus claims that the individual interest is at odds with a just law most of the times. As I'm quoting, The best is to do injustice without paying the penalty. The worst is to suffer it without being able to take revenge. Justice is a mean between two extremes. People value it not because it is good, but because they are too weak to do injustice with impunity. So you have to remember that Plato wrote both Socrates and Thrasymachus rhetorics because he understood well that in reality you need a compromise between total injustice to absolute justice while talking in taking into account both the flourishing of the individual and the society as he admitted in this following quote. Good people do not need laws to tell them to act responsibly, while bad people will find a way around the laws. That's, that's very true. It looks like this is true today and therefore a just government has to change the rules in order to close those loopholes so that all people have equal opportunities in face of the law. Does Plato mention in his book The Republic how justice is done? The book is crafted around leaders and their incentive to make laws. According to Socrates' rhetoric, a just person is the happiest since he is content with his actions and his values, even though injustice has been done to him. This claim is not as conv convincing as Socrates would hope to be, and therefore Socrates moves on describing the ideal government, which is a monarchy, not a democracy, because you cannot expect from the masses to know the truth and be as just as a cultivated monarch philosopher. However, let's remember, Thrasymachus claims that democratic elected leader is a human too, who once given the upper hand, his genuine intention of making justice may be overshadowed by his interest to gain broad influence over the majority of citizens. He says that for the sake of preserving power and control, this leader would end up boasting about doing ultimate justice. Quoting, There is no necessity for the man who means to be an orator to understand what is really just, but only what would appear to be so to the majority of those who will give judgment. And not what is really good or beautiful, but whatever will appear so, because persuasion comes from what that and not from the truth. Is this what happens today in democracies where the leaders try to please the masses? I hope Plato does not give up on democracy, does he? Yes, he thinks democracy is less favorable than any other government but tyranny. 
I personally think Plato's philosophies in emphasizing the non-physical world, like truth, justice, virtue, universal knowledge, and beauty, is risky, ambiguous, subjective, and too detached from real life. Plato claims that the main pitfall of democracy is that a tyrant can use his agenda by easily preaching those values that seemingly nurture the soul of his followers in order to be elected. Once in power, he has the freedom to implement a tyrannical government, not necessarily for the equity of everyone. Take, for example, the government in Iran that is controlled by several mullahs, modeled after religious philosophers' kings, And while they preach the purest religious values and appear so modest and so humble, their citizens are far from being treated with justice or given freedom to express or flourish. The following quote is about an aspiring leader with a soul of tyrant who wants to rise to power. Once in power, if the law allows him, he will become a despot by using violence and fear. This is how Socrates described the tyrant as, as the son of the democratic society. Do you mean that the tyrant will dare to use violence against the people who fathered him and raise his hand against them if they oppose him? So the tyrant is a parasite and little comfort to his old parent that is his own people. His opposite would be Socrates' cultivated philosopher king. The wise man is the best ruler precisely because he doesn't care unduly about political honor and power, much less about bodily pleasures. He is too absorbed in the pleasures of learning to be tempted by the lesser pleasures of glory, wealth, and hedonism. Interesting. Usually those qualities characterize academics uh, who are very different from today's politicians. I wonder if this wise man would like to deal with the politics of today. What about Aristotle? Did he offer a more realistic account of a just leader? Yes. Aristotle contested Plato's solution of ideas and altered metaphysical perspective to practical values in defining virtues and recognized that eudaimonia can be achieved um can be achieved but it is contingent to external circumstances of the individual unlike plato's account of internal eudaimonia here is aristotle's account of human nature for men when perfected is the best of animals but when separated from law and justice he's the worst of all he who is to be a good ruler must have been ruled. It is of nature of desire not to be satisfied. And most men live only for the gratification of it. Did Aristotle write about the ideal leader and Plato's king philosopher? Uh, I'm not sure about what he wrote in regard to Plato's philosopher king, but I know that he had predicted the pure values or metaphysical maxims could be exploited by religious authorities which are perceived by common people with reverence and fear. He claimed that tyrants could evolve from exploitation of the commoners who willingly accepted injustice as they accept God's will, and the history proved he was right. We know today that tyranny culminated in Roman Empire and later in Catholic Dark Ages who succeeded to suppress the masses from arms and education. 
Here are Aristotle's quotes about tyranny. A tyrant must put on the appearance of uncommon devotion to religion. Subjects are less apprehensive of illegal treatment from a ruler whom they consider God-fearing and pious. On the other hand, they do less easily move against him, believing that he has the gods on his side. Both oligarch and tyrant mistrust the people and therefore deprive them of their arms. It is also in the interest of a tyrant to keep his people poor so that they may not be able to afford the cost of protecting themselves by arms and be so occupied with their daily task that they have no time for rebellion. So definitely he understood how tyranny by definition destroys people's flourishing by depriving them of freedom and power. Did he mention any remedy in democracy? Yes, he valued democracy and the power of majority unlike Plato. He understood from his empirical way of doing philosophy that each government takes advantage of the society's local culture. Therefore, for example, Sparta put emphasis on honor and army. Athens emphasized political activism and religious faith, and therefore their justice would be different in reflection of their values. But even given the difference uh, that is the trust between the people and the state, that it's built upon justice. The rules of government and its political power are a reflection of how justice or injustice is done to the masses, while justice is equity for all, and injustice is is in preserving the interests of the rich and powerful, as is still relevant in our times. Here are some quotes. But justice is the bond of men in states. And the administration of justice, which is the determination of what is just, is the principle of order in political society. Yes, the truth is that men's ambition and their desire to make money are among the most frequent causes of deliberate act of injustice. Wherefore, the the legislator and the statesman ought to know what democratical measures save and what destroy a democracy. For neither the one nor the other can exist or continue to exist unless both rich and poor are included in it. So it is clear that Aristotle ties one's happiness to the government's justice and those two seem inseparable. Is that right? Only a democracy allows every citizen to have an impact on his government and practice politics as self-realization? As of democracy, I'm not sure whether Aristotle believed exclusively in it, since he mentioned oligarchy as well with characteristics of semi-democracy and opportunities for the people to organize in a political system. Back then, an individual would change political system by moving from city to city and find a system that fits him better Like here in America, people move from state to state. Here are some of his quotes. Now it is evident that the form of government is best in which every man, whoever he is, can act best and live happily. What is clear is that by a virtuous citizen, Aristotle expected every citizen to be politically involved And if his government did not serve him, he would have the right to form factions and righteously revolt. Poverty is the parent of revolution and crime.
As I've already mentioned, Aristotle's key to one's happiness is leading a virtuous life, and he acknowledged although virtue is related to culture and government, freedom is the central to all societies. As I'm quoting, of all varieties of virtues, liberalism is the most beloved. So I would like, I would like to close with one of Aristotle's quotes that emphasizes the virtue of being a politician. Any police which is truly so-called and is not merely one in name must devote itself to the end of encouraging goodness. Otherwise, political association sinks into a mere alliance. I hope too, although given today's political uh, atmosphere, it is not as clear if our representatives encourage goodness or political rivalry. Thank you, Angelica, so much for sharing with us today. And thank to all our listeners. And I hope to have uh, more uh, interesting discussions with you in the future. Thank you for having me. Philosopher? Yes. 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 I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think I think I think very deeply.